Good morning, everyone. It's Jeff Goldberg for the Sales Pro Network coming to you from Long Island, New York. I hope you are strapped in just like I hoped you were strapped in last week. I think we might have even more energy today. Uh, the Sales Pro Network was founded by me to elevate the profession of sales. It's a place where you can come in, share your challenges, your successes, to ask questions and get coaching from uh, experts in the world of sales, not just me, but lots of other great sales coaches and trainers. And I try my very hardest to bring you incredible guests like today's. I promise you, this guy is going to blow you away. It's my pleasure to introduce you to the amazing Joe Applebaum. Joe, good morning. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Today is just a beautiful day. If you look outside your window, you're going to see sunshine. You're going to see the beautiful sky. And I'm excited to be talking to you, Jeff. Yeah, me too. In fact, uh, as I was walking uh, the beach pug this morning, who's I think sleeping right behind me, hopefully sleeping, uh, you know, at the beach, I, I think, you know, I live a block from the ocean. I was just, I'm so excited. I'm so grateful for today. And I'm so excited to be uh, doing everything I have to do. And oh my goodness, I get to interview Joe Applebaum today. So Joe, can you maybe start us off with just a brief description of who you are and how you got to here? What, what brought you to uh, being the chief energy officer? I love that title at Ajax Union. Take it away, Joe. Yeah, so I started off like if you if we like go back to my teenage years, um, I, I grew up and, and watching my mother struggle in her store. She had a store on the Lower East Side. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Lower East Side, but a lot of immigrants that came to the United States, they had to figure out how to make a living. They couldn't find the job. So they decided to go to the Lower East Side and they started to you know, open up a store or had uh, a wheelbarrow with stuff. So my mother decided to open up a store and sell women's clothing in the Lower East Side. And for a decade, I used to go to her store all the time after school and on weekends, and I would watch her really struggle, work 16 hours a day, and never really actually made it. She never got over the, the golden million dollar mark. And I remember seeing her suffer a lot, and she was always into trying to get lucky and trying to do things like trying to figure out why, why is it not working? Why is it not working? And she never really found the answer. She was also very afraid of hiring a salesperson because she was afraid if she hired a salesperson and they were better than her, they would steal her business. So she had a lot of trust issues. She had issue with feeling unlucky. And eventually after 9-11, she went out of business. And so when I started my business, I wanted to get over the million dollar mark. And within 18 months, I got over the million dollar mark from when I started my business. And then after that, the next 18 months, we were one of the fastest growing companies in America. So I was featured on the Inc. 500 and I looked back and after I asked myself, what did I do differently than my mother did? And I sat down and I started really trying to figure out what did she do? What did I do? How come she spent 10 years trying to figure it out? And me, within three years, I was able to be one of the fastest growing companies in the US, generate multi-million dollars in business. And the difference was that I didn't rely on luck. I didn't try to get lucky. For me, it was more about a strategy. I had a very specific strategy, how many clients I wanted, how much they were each gonna pay for me. I hired a sales rep before I paid myself a salary. And for me, I had to figure out, okay, how can I teach this now to other people? How can I help other people be able to get there to the next level? So, you know, learning the skills that I needed to learn, for me, I was very skill-oriented. When I was in my mother's store, I, was, I started learning web design. I started learning how to fix computers. I was doing IT services for people. And a lot of that stuff I was doing for free, eventually people started paying me to build websites. I was building 100 websites a year. And after that, people would say, Joe, they, you built a website. You said, if you build it, they will come. I said, that's what I heard from my mother. My mother taught me, if you build it, they will come. But it's not true. They didn't come. So you have to market it. So I started doing research and reverse engineering Google's algorithm. 
to figure out how to make websites rank on Google, how to use AdWords. Then eventually when social media came out, how to reverse engineer social media, figure out how the algorithm works and how to get massive traffic for people. And that turned into clients basically flocking towards us as a company to be able to market their website. We serviced over 1,100 companies, everything from building their website, building their strategy, building up marketing funnels and helping them be able to succeed online, generating tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in their business. And so I feel so grateful that I was able to go and learn from the pains and the suffering of other people, especially my mother, who's my mentor, and see, okay, she made all these mistakes. Let me see if I'm going to do something differently. Instead of relying on luck, I'm going to use a strategy. Instead of not trusting people, I'm going to trust people like salespeople and partners and the government and competitors. And I'm going to often fail and fall down, but then I'll get back up and I'll thrive. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so uh, I want to come back to luck in a second, but we've got some good mornings for you. Steve Ken says, congratulations. Uh, we've got hello from Halifax, Canada. Uh, also from Texas. Good morning, Lee, who I believe is down in Florida. You're, you're global, my friend, today. Uh, so um, my experience is that the harder you work, the luckier you get. And it sounds like you're kind of thinking the same thing. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Because you know the, our audience today is salespeople, whether they are professional sellers for a living or they're people who have a business and have to sell. And can you speak a little bit to that about the skills development, the strategy development, and, and that hard work thing? Yeah, so there's, there's hard work, but there's also strategy. There's a famous saying that energy without strategy is a waste of time. If you just work really hard doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, well, that's you know, craziness. That's insanity. So getting the right coach, getting the right mentor, reading the right books, taking the right courses, going to the right seminars will help you change your way of thinking. Stephen Covey writes in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, the last habit is sharpen the saw. What does that mean, sharpen the saw? If you have a saw and you're cutting down a tree, well, you can spend six hours cutting the tree down, or you can spend one hour cutting the tree down if you take 15 minutes to sharpen the saw. So if you're sharpening the saw every day, yes, you're going to work hard, but the work is going to be not just efficient, but it's going to be effective. It's going to make a difference in your life. And so, yes, working hard is extremely important. There are lots of people that are talented out there but they're not willing to put in the work, especially, you know, you see basketball players, the difference between the person who makes it and the person who doesn't make it is not talent. It's hard work. If you look at Michael Jordan, he worked his butt off. He, he missed for every shot he got, he missed 10,000 shots. And so I know this because watching my mother work hard, she was just missing the strategy. I learned that hard work, uh, you're going to get lucky, but luck is not something that's going to make you a fortune. Luck will make you a living. The right strategy will make you a fortune. You need, of course, you need to make a living. You need, to you need to live. You need to survive. But I'm not into surviving anymore. I already survived. Now I'm into thriving. Now I'm into being alive. Now I'm into taking my life to the next level, which means working really, really hard, but doing it in a way where I feel progress. And you might ask me, Joe, why is progress so important? Because let me tell you something. Lots of people are depressed. 80% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. And when you're working at something every day, day in and day out, and really putting your best in, and you don't see progress, you miss happiness, you miss joy, you miss freedom, you miss energy. You get energy and happiness from progress in life. It's a spiritual thing. We're either moving up, we're either growing, or we're dying. And nobody wants to be dying. Nobody wants to be dead. Instead, we want to be alive. We want to thrive. We want to have vitality. So if you want to be alive, if you want to thrive, if you want to take your life and your business to the next level, 
Think about how you can create more progress in your life and work really, really, really hard towards that. And when you see that progress, you're going to be happier and more fulfilled. And something that'll coach, a sales coach like Jeff will help you do is they'll help you measure. You know, what gets measured gets managed. And so a lot of people, they're just kind of doing things. They're working hard, but they're not measuring. And as a result, they're not getting what they want from, from, their, from their actions. And so if you measure, you'll take the right activities and you'll do more of those. You'll get more progress, more happiness, more joy, more freedom, and you'll get into the right cycle of success. Yeah, you said it before. You, uh, the, the hard work is not enough. You could be working hard, but doing the wrong things, and that's going to get you the right results. Uh, and that measurement thing is crucial. I always tell salespeople and people, my prospects, that the, the, the measurement is cruel because the right activity gets you the right results, but the wrong activity is not going to do that. And you've got a lot of people agreeing with you in the comments already. And I have a question that I was going to save for much later, but since you brought it up, I, I'm going to just move it up on the list here. Um, you and I have spoken two, maybe three times before, and you always, always, I've never spoken with you where you're depressed. You always seem to have an incredibly positive attitude and as importantly, or maybe more importantly, a ton of energy. So where does that come from? I don't think you always had that. Where did it come from? How did you develop it? And most importantly, how do you keep it that way? How do you keep that high energy level? Some people think that you have to have something in order to be happy. You have to have something. If I only had the car, if I only had the wife, I had the wife. If you only have, if you only have the, the house, the girlfriend, the cat, the dog, the million dollars, the Bentley, if you only have something, you're going to be happy. But a lot of people get to their goal and then they become depressed because they're like, I got everything and I'm still not happy. What the heck is going on? Happiness is for human beings, and I'm going to underline the word being. It's something that you are. Being. It's a state. It's a current state of present. It's not something that someday you'll get because someday, I looked in the calendar, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's not there. There's only today. There's only right now. So if you want to be happy, you have to reverse engineer what is happiness? What is joy? What is high energy? And I took the time to reverse engineer this, and I wrote a book called High Energy Secrets, the things that I do every single day that skyrocket my energy, help me be able to stay in shape and mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And one of those things is drinking water. A 5% drop in hydration is a 30% drop in energy. And I say this over and over and over because people forget to drink water. They get up in the morning and they clean their car with coffee. What are you gonna do? It's gonna be all sticky. Instead. Drink water, clean your car with water, put water in your system, and you're going to have more energy. You're going to have more freedom. And then also your thoughts matter. If you're all worried about your bills, you're going to attract more bills. If you're all worried about the negative people in your life, you're going to attract more negative people. Instead, where focus goes, energy flows. So you got to focus on what you're grateful for. You got to focus on what you appreciate. You got to focus on what you're proud of. And when I think of the friends and the people that I attract in my life, like Jeff, I, I, I feel so grateful. I feel so blessed. I feel so happy. And when, I'm, when I share with you my successes, when I share with you the things that I'm proud of, this is not ego. This is not me telling you things that I haven't accomplished because I need some type of ego trip. This is me inspiring you. This is me sharing with you the things that I have gone through, the experiences that I've gone through, that I've been blessed and fortunate and lucky enough to be able to be alive, to work hard, to find the right strategy, to uncover it, to be smart, to measure twice and cut once. 
and make some mistakes and fall along the way. I've had so many failures in my life, but I get back up because I know that failure is just one more step to success. And that's what brings me happiness. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And if you want to have all the things that other people don't have, you have to be willing to do the things that other people are not willing to do. That means you have to be into personal development. You got to make it a priority. You can only grow your business as much as you grow yourself. And most people are so focused on outside circumstances, on blame, on the feelings of guilt, on frustration, on the things that they're not aware of in their subconscious that is resulting in a tremendous amount of inaction, which is, comes from having fear. And we all have fear. We all have things that we're afraid of. We all have excuses. We all have reasons for not taking action. But let me tell you something. When you start taking action, unreasonable action, when you start doing the right things, when you get on the phone with the prospect, even if you're afraid of rejection, when you start going to those networking events, even if you think maybe it's a waste of time, or, or maybe you're not sure what you're going to say, or maybe you're not feeling right, but you say, I'm going to take action. I'm going to post on LinkedIn. I'm going to message people. I'm going to get rejected. I'm going to make the joke and bomb and look like a fool, but eventually I'm going to get to chuckle and figure out what works, and I'll get a couple more chuckles and a couple more chuckles and a couple more chuckles, and before you know it, I'm Jerry Seinfeld, mother. Anyway. <laughs> So Steve says, I love the approach and the attitude. And Lee Green says, wow, I love this guy. Me too, Lee, absolutely. And he also says, oh my God, you get it. So um, I, I've got so many things to ask you, but I, uh, one of the things, one of the many things I love about you, Joe, is I, I follow you on LinkedIn, as you know. And uh, one of the things I love is when you're posting while you're walking through Brooklyn. I, I don't know if you're using a sticker, just holding the camera out, but I love you're a little bit out of breath, but you're getting your exercise and you're right. You're, you're starting off your day with water and you're making sure you're, you're feeding your body. But I, didn't you also lose some weight at one point? Wasn't that a, an in, integral part of gaining that, that energy? Yeah. So when I got married, I started, you know, jump, I jumped right into my business and I said, you know what? I want to build, I want to build financial independence for my family. I want to have many kids. I have five kids and I want to be able to give them everything that I didn't have and be able to produce for them and inspire them and help them be able to see that you can really make it. You can come from, from a home where there's not a lot of money, where there's a lot of scarcity and, and, and be able to build, you know, a beautiful, financially independent thing. And that's all I cared about. I didn't care about exercise. I didn't care about health. I didn't care about mental health. I thought all therapists are freaking crazy. Like all that stuff, all coaches are nuts. Like I, for me, I was like, I just want to make money. That's all I care. I had a two-way street. Both of, of the ways were going the same way. Just make money. And I lost my balance. I lost my balance and I was gaining 10 pounds every single year. I was emotionally eating. I was just smoking. I was doing all the wrong things for my body, for my mind, for my spirituality, but I was growing my business. I was growing it in a non-profitable way. I was growing the top line. I felt successful. I felt happy, but I didn't feel confident. And I thought I was getting lucky. I did have a strategy. I knew that I was relying on the strategy, but deep down, I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel open. I didn't feel confident. And I certainly didn't feel complete. Because when I got to my goal, I said, is that all there is? So what if I have a multi-million dollar business? So what if I have one of the fastest growing companies in America? I'm 265 pounds. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how to lose weight and blah, blah, blah. 
and I'm all scared of public speaking, and I'm all scared of social media, and I can't get this together, and I'm an imposter, and boom, 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 and it's all going to fall, I'm going to lose it all, and I'm going to be like my mother, and my kids are going to think I'm a loser. And then one day, I went to a seminar, and somebody said that if you don't take care of your body, nothing matters. Because most people use up all their health to get their wealth. And then once they get their wealth, they spend all their wealth trying to get back their health. And I thought to myself, holy crap, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get to wealth, but I'm sacrificing my health. Can you have it all? Can you have it all? There's a four burner theory that when one burner is on, the other burners are off. There are four burners in your life. There's your family, friends, community, business. And then I thought to myself, no, I can create balance with creating different seasons and figuring out, okay, now it's the season. I got my business going. I have employees. I have a good team. I have recurring revenue. I'm figuring out how to make it profitable. I hired a PhD in mathematical neuroscience. We're making it happen. Now I got to start taking care of my health. So I hired a trainer. I hired a coach. I joined a group. I bought the books. I started reading. I got into it. I said, okay, I have to learn how to run. But I had a self-limiting belief. I'm not a runner. I never ran. I could barely limp unless you put a, a strudel in front of my face, right? Unless there's an apple strudel at the end of the, at the, end of the table, I'll, I'll, I'll run to the apple strudel and then I'll swallow it. I'll inhale it. But that, that's, not, that's not productive. So I had to learn how to run. I had to learn that I am a runner. I just have to learn the methods of running. I had to learn about water. Stop drinking a gallon of orange juice. Instead, drink a half a gallon of water. Stop eating sugar, flour, rice, potatoes, pasta. Learn how to stretch. Learn how to meditate. Learn how to journal. A life worth living is a life worth recording. I had to learn how to change my habits. And you can never really change your habits. You can only create more empowering habits that creates a deeper groove. And now you replace one thing with another thing, smoking, with learning, with growing, with coaching. And so I completely became addicted to and obsessed with different things because we're, I'm an obsessive personality. I'm, I'm a salesperson, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. On. And so I need to find something I could jump on. And I jumped on being a thought leader, being a motivator, being a speaker, being a person that can help hungry entrepreneurs go from frustration to motivation. If you're frustrated, that's a good sign. If you're fr I was frustrated. I was frustrated. And I was frustrated so hard that I decided to lose 95 pounds. And I didn't plan to lose 95 pounds when I started. I said, let me just lose 10% of my body weight. And then when I lost 30 pounds, I was like, wow, wow, can I sustain this? I watched my mother go on a yo-yo diet her whole life, make money, lose money, lose weight, gain weight, yo-yo diet. Everyone's on the yo-yo diet. But I changed the way I have a relationship with food. I changed the way I have a relationship with sales, with networking, with social media, with myself. I changed the relationship. I love myself. I used to look in the mirror and say, who the hell's that ugly guy? Now I look in the mirror and say, I want to kiss myself. I'm so beautiful. <laughs> Can you do I that? I want to kiss you too, Joe. And Lizzie just says, uh, I just went from liking this to loving it. 
Uh, and Carl Hyman says, Joe, you're amazing. I've heard you speak in person. I, I, I want to come back to something you said a minute ago, because that thing about fear is huge uh, with people, um, especially when they're prospecting. I, I find that every client I work with, the biggest, especially the larger companies, the biggest challenge they have when I walk in is, Jeff, we're just not getting enough appointments. We're not having enough conversations. And inevitably, when I start working with people, I find out that the thing that's preventing it is certainly a skill set. You got to have the skills, but it's that fear of rejection. And I always say that, look, it's okay to be afraid. There's nothing wrong with being afraid. Afraid can save your life, but it's not okay if it stops you from doing what you need to do. And what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? You screw up. Somebody hangs up on you. Somebody doesn't return your email. Somebody doesn't accept your LinkedIn connection. It's the worst thing that can happen, but it's not that bad. So just go for it. And that's, I, I believe, the attitude you're, you're, you're talking about. And also the other thing that you said, which I think is brilliant, you worked on yourself. And this is something that my coach works on with me. My coach is not a sales coach, obviously. She's a, a transformational coach. And uh, she always says the same thing. You know, I'm not going to teach you what to do. I'm going to work on the inside you. When we heal the inside you and look at 65, I got, I got pains from when I was six year old, just like everybody else. But over the last year of working with her, amazing things have started to ha happen. I feel lighter spiritually and emotionally and my level of success, which was not too terrible in, in, in previously, is starting to explode because I'm transforming. And you really do have to work on the inner you. And, and like you, it's, you gotta read the books and you gotta go to the seminars or you're waiting for things to happen. And if you're waiting for somebody else to do something for you, you could be waiting a very, very long time, Joe. And I, I love the way you grab life by the balls and you're just doing it. it it's magnificent. So I want to talk a little bit about digital marketing because I know you're, a, while your company does many, many things, you're a really a digital marketing agency. Um, first of all, can you just quickly go over what's the difference between marketing and digital marketing? Well, the difference between marketing and digital marketing is marketing is just encompassing the entire form of marketing, everything from trade show marketing to direct marketing to affiliate marketing. Digital marketing is specifically the component of what happens on the Internet, what's happening on the Internet. So, for example, search engine optimization is a digital marketing tactic. Lead magnets, email automations, landing pages, all that works within the digital marketing world. So when somebody wants to understand digital marketing, it's about understanding how are people using digital and how are you getting in front of them in order for you to achieve an objective. Marketing is about testing. I'll say this again. Marketing is about testing and you don't know what's going to work. So you're constantly testing and what worked yesterday is not going to work today and what works today is not going to work tomorrow. So you have to constantly be testing to figure out how do you get people's attention how do you get them into a system? How do you build trust with them? And then how do you get them to turn into a qualified lead and eventually into a sale and eventually into an advocate that refers business to you and stays warm in your whole ecosystem? So marketing is very interesting. Digital marketing is the way of the now and of the future. It's where people are putting most of their attention. Think about it. How much time are you spending on your phone? You're spending a lot of time on the internet. People spend eight hours a day on social media. And so I used to think, I used to spend a lot of time on websites. I spend a lot of time on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. I mean, I'm spending my time on these apps. You got to learn how to get on there and make sure that you're consistent. And that's why we created a course to teach professionals how to use LinkedIn. A lot of people have no idea how to use LinkedIn. They're busy hoarding connections. 
And if you want to generate more sales, if you want to get more referrals, you got to do something called networking. Now, there's a difference between networking and marketing. There's a difference between networking and prospecting. Jeff mentioned prospecting, that people are afraid of rejection. Networking makes it easier because most of the time, people are not going to reject you when you're networking with them. And a networking contact can not only turn into a client, but it can also turn into a referral partner, an advocate, and maybe even a lover, whatever you're into. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, it, that's brilliantly expressed, Joe. I, I, one of my favorite phrases is, you never know. It, it's why I'll, I'll accept almost any blind date, almost. But you never know who you're speaking with that has that next connection. Look, I, I can't remember. I, I, I vaguely remember who introduced us. And we just had a general conversation. And the next thing oh, I knew- Heshi. Hashi. Hashi, of course, Hashi Friedman. Uh, and, uh, but I had seen you all over LinkedIn for, for ages and I was like, who is this guy? Hashi finally introduced us. Out of one conversation, the next thing I knew, Joe is introducing me to somebody who is turning into what could be a very large prospective client. We're, we're getting close to a deal right now. And it was just out of a conversation. So you, you really do never know. And I think a lot of salespeople treat these potential relationships haphazardly. And I think that's a big mistake. You really have to be conscious about what you're doing and strategic. Um, my question for you is, you know, a lot of the people I believe in this group are solopreneurs like myself, and um, they may not have an unlimited budget. So I'd, I'd like to hear two things. What, what can somebody who doesn't have an unlimited budget do? And also, could you tell us a little bit more about that course, which I didn't know existed, uh, the one that you yeah. talked about? Yeah. So, so if you want to find out about the course, you go to learnbusinessnetworking.com, learnbusinessnetworking.com, and you can get all the information on the course there. But if you're a solo entrepreneur, if you're a sales professional, maybe you're a commission-only sales professional, it's kind of like, you know, real estate broker, mortgage broker, an agent, a financial advisor, somebody who basically is in charge of their own, you know, you eat what you kill. And so you have to learn how to be able to leverage the resources that you have. You know, Tony Robbins says, people don't have, people make an excuse that they don't have enough resources. But the reality is they're just not being resourceful enough with the resources that they already have. So think about the resources you have. You have your time, you have your network, you have your expertise, and you also have some money. So if you're going to figure out, okay, how do I spend my time and my money and my network efficiently, the first thing you want to do is you want to say, okay, what are my current skill sets and what skill sets do I need to improve in order for me to be able to improve my time, right? You can spend three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 hours on LinkedIn and get zero results, or you can take our course and spend 15 minutes a day and be able to generate hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue doing the right activities and ignoring all the BS that's not gonna get you anything. And so we teach this to our students. We have nine modules and we walk you through it. The next thing you can do is you can take some of your money and you can learn how to use a virtual admin to help you be able to leverage your time, but you first have to learn what to give them to do. And a lot of people, they just hire an admin and they hope for the best and that never works out well. They end up wasting a lot of time a lot of effort, a lot of energy. You can hire an admin for $20 an hour or 30 in the US, or you can hire an admin for say $5 an hour overseas or $7 an hour, depending on which country and how well they know and what, what's going on. So you can really leverage this. And in our course, we teach people how to be able to leverage admins, how to be able to leverage LinkedIn, how to be able to do all the things that you need to do. 
But I want you to consider the fact that most people that have a high client, that have a high value client, like if your client is, your lifetime value of a client is more than $1,000, networking is probably the approach that a lot of people haven't necessarily tapped into to the degree that they want, that they can tap into because 80% of referrals turn into a meeting. I'll say this again. 80% of referrals, if I refer someone to Jeff and I say, hey, Jeff, meet Michael. Uh, Jeff is a really great sales trainer. Michael has a company that has a bunch of sales reps and they need, they need a, a sales trainer or a sales manager or whatever. They don't have a sales manager and they need a sales manager. The CEO is being the sales manager, but he's terrible at it. Anyway, the chances of Jeff getting an appointment with that person, getting on the phone with that person that I introduced him to, even if I don't know Michael well, is 80% because I made the intro. And so you asking your referrals, your, your network, even the network that you don't know well, to make specific introductions for you will lead you to really get a lot of uh, appointments and network with people and you making introductions for them and so on. And that's going to generate a lot of business. And a lot of people are missing this point. They want to prospect with cold leads, but they don't realize the fastest way to warm somebody up is to get an intro to that cold lead because then it becomes instant trust. The biggest account that I ever closed, which is MakerBot, they, they spent millions of dollars on retainer with us over the course of several years. And it came from one introduction from the, seat, from the president of Entrepreneurs Organization. We had breakfast. He said, Joe, uh, so I said, how can I add value to your life? He said, I said, what do you need? Who do you need introductions to? He said he wants to meet uh, people in hospitals, uh, directors of whatever, or of HR in hospitals. I said, I have a list of 500 directors of HRs in all the hospitals in New Jersey. I made him a, uh, a spreadsheet. I sent it to him. He was endlessly thankful. He said, what can I do for you? I said, I'm looking to meet directors of sales and directors of marketing at companies that are over 10 million in revenue. And he said, Joe, I have the perfect person for you. I know he's looking. He just hired three agencies. He's looking for another agency. He's not getting what he wants from the agencies. He made an introduction. The guy hired us within a week, no due diligence needed. And then he tripled his retainer for us and he stayed with us for several years. So yeah. That comes that that doesn't come from a cold call. That doesn't come from 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 a from a cold email. That stuff doesn't come from that. That stuff comes from that. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't be prospecting. You should. You should be prospecting the right way, being smart, building relationships, doing the things that you need to do. Hire Jeff. Work with the coaches in your life that will help you be able to maximize. Get over that fear of failure, but also the fear of success. A lot of people are afraid to make six figures because they think that if they make six figures they're going to go crazy and lose their mind. Or if they make 250000 or 300000 a year, that they're not going to be religious anymore or they're not going to be spiritual anymore and they're going to end up you know, doing things that are out of whack. And so they try to control themselves by putting this weight of debt on their life. And 80% of people are living paycheck to paycheck, not just for the fear of failure, but also for the fear of success. They're afraid if they actually are successful, that money is the root of all evil and blah, blah, blah. That's all bullshit. Money exaggerates whatever you have going on. So if you have a toothache, money will exaggerate that toothache because you'll end up buying tons more sugar and you'll boom, then you go fix it because now you can get a whole new grill, baby. I want a new grill, baby. I want an, I'm fine happy with my grill. <laughs> uh, uh, my coach would disagree with you on one thing and she's convinced me uh, of that too, that people don't really have a fear of success. And I only know that because we were talking about my level of success and I said, why don't I have 10 million in the bank? And she goes, well, what do you think? And I said, I don't know, fear of success. And she laughed at me as she often does. She goes, fear of success. Who's afraid of being successful? It's a fear of failure. It's that fear of trying something and not doing it or not succeeding immediately. 
And uh, like you, Joe, I used to have a partner. And one of the things we used to say to our prospects is our company fails more than any company you have ever met ever. But the only reason we fail so much is we keep trying new stuff. We keep what works and we get rid of the rest. Um, I'll give you an example that somebody gave me about a fear of success, which is actually a little bit different. So yes, you know, we, we don't have to agree on everything, but like, for example, somebody told me that, um, that he's afraid to get over the million dollar mark. And I said, why? He said, because I, when I get over the million dollar mark, the government, the government is going to start looking into my past tax, whatever, and I'm going to get screwed and, and people are going to sue me because my company's big. If I stay small, I'm under the radar. If I'm like 200K, I'm kind of under the radar. No one's going to bother me. I'm afraid of success. Another person said, if I get really big, I'm not going to be able to buy out my investor. So let me stay really small for the next 10 years and get my investor out. What are you talk like, what are you doing? Like, I'm afraid that if I'm wildly successful, the investor is going to get a bigger percentage and I'm not going to be able to get them out and I'm sick of them and I hate them. It's like a whole thing. So yes, ultimately at the end of the day, a lot of people are afraid of failure on the surface level, but there, there's always like, on the bottom, if someone's going through a divorce or whatever, and they're afraid they're going to be too successful right now because then their spouse is going to take it all away or whatever it is, a lot of people are living like that, and that's stopping them from succeeding. So it's so just a different paradigm. Sure. Um, I want to get to the net, back to the networking thing in a second. Steve Kent said, Jeff, I hope you're recording this. I would like to replay this periodically as Joe is awesome. Steve and everybody else, if you look to the left side of your screen, there's a little thing that says video. Every video I've ever done, every interview I've done is already there. You can watch this anytime. And I promise you, I'm going to be reposting these at various times to make sure you guys have access. Scott Mason said he agrees with Steve Kent. Scott Mason was our guest last week. He is a motivational speaker. And like you, he's off the charts with energy. So if, so if Scott Mason is saying something's good there, so you guys should actually meet. I should probably introduce the two of you. Um, I want to come back to networking. Um, Look, I'm a guy who teaches people how to cold call, and I think it should be part of everybody's, a small part of everybody's mix. I think we should be using a blended approach, period. But when it comes to networking, that thing about making specific requests is so crucial. People want to help you, but they don't sit around. I don't sit around all day long going, how can I help Joe? And I doubt that you sit, sit around all day long, how can I help Jeff? Everybody's got their own whiff and what's in it for me. And But if we ask and we make a specific request, they may very well be willing to help you. But the thing I always recommend, Joe, is when somebody's going to make an introduction, and I had this conversation with a prospect earlier today, uh, the first thing I say is, thank you so much. That's really kind. And then I say, would it help if I wrote the email for you? And obviously, everybody says yes, because you're saving them some time. But the real reason I'm doing that is because when not in your case, Joe, because I trust you implicitly. I, you're a marketing guy. You know what to say. But many people don't say the right thing. And it's not that they don't want to. It's just they don't know how. And I'll give you an example. I'm going to use a different name because just in case uh, the, the gentleman I'm talking about is watching. A couple of years back, a guy surprised me with an introduction. Didn't tell me he was going to make it. I know the guy for a long time. I trust him implicitly. Smart guy. Successful guy. I, I opened an email one morning and there's an introduction to some guy that he's making unbeknownst to me. Dear Steve, I'm ready to introduce you to Jeff Goldberg. He's a very competent sales trainer, blah, 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 blah. And the next time I saw this guy, I said, hey, thank you so much. That was really kind of you. I am curious about one thing. Why did you introduce me as a competent sales trainer? And he looked me in the eye and goes, because you are. You're incredibly competent. And my reaction to him was, competent? I'm so far beyond competent. I can't even see it in the rearview mirror. I'm amazing. I'm incredible. I'm spectacular. Why didn't you say any of those things? And he looked me deadpan. And he goes, I don't like to oversell. Now, 
I get it. I get that he doesn't want to oversell, but I would rather the guy he introduced me to saw that Jeff's an amazing sales trainer who gets spectacular results. He's worth every penny you'll invest with him or something like that. So the recommendation I always make is ask if you can take that job off somebody else's hands. You'll write the email. And the way I always say it is, Joe, I'll send it to you. You can edit it any way you like, but I think it'll make your life easier. You can just copy and paste it, put it into a new email as if it's coming directly from you. Will that save you some time? And everybody says, yes, who doesn't want to save some time? So you're still getting the introduction, but personally, I want the person you're introducing me to, to see, hear my words rather than your words. Cause you, I know I can introduce me better than you, not you, Joe, but I can introduce me better than most people can. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a question from Lizzie. She wants to know, what type of content would you suggest putting in a message to a colder or older LinkedIn connection in order to start that networking relationship? So I always tell people there's a three-step process to networking on LinkedIn, a three-step process for direct messaging on LinkedIn. And when you're direct messaging on LinkedIn, you want to start with greeting, then feeding, and then meeting. A lot of people go straight for the sales. And let me know in the comments, how do you feel when a salesperson contacts you on LinkedIn and then says, hey, would you like to buy my product or service? Like right away, like a life insurance agent. Hey, you probably need life let me, insurance. Let me just answer for everybody. It feels to me like if I walk into a bar, and I think I've said this before here on Facebook Live, it's like if I walk into a bar and I walk up to a woman, and I actually don't go to bars, but if I did, and I said, hey, I just live a few blocks away. Why don't you come back to my place? No drinks, no chit chat, no dates. It doesn't work. I mean, maybe, maybe if it's late enough. $500, it's it'll work. I'm sorry. I said for five hundred dollars, it might work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm hope I'm hoping to not have to spend my money on that. But you know, look, it, it may take some nice meals and some cocktails. There, there needs to be a little wooing. I, look, I'm sure that like me, you get those all day long. I'll accept any connection. But when I immediately get the email that says, "I'd love to talk to you about how I help coaches make more money," no. No, I don't want to talk to you about that. My response these days is, great, we can have that discussion right after we talk how I help people sell better. Suddenly <laughs> people disappear. So what would you advise Lizzie uh, to do? Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to thank them for being your connection. A lot of people haven't done this. I thank all my connections for being my connection. Um, so it looks like we've been connected for a while. Um, I haven't really seen you around. I would love to uh, for, thank you for being my connection on LinkedIn. I'm going to check out your profile and learn more about you. You know, just kind of like a non-bothering message that just gets you on their radar. Now, a percentage of people are going to respond. Probably 30% of people are going to respond to that thank you. Even if you, you didn't have a call to action there, they'll be like, cool, great to be connected to you as well. But most people, 70% of plus of people, are just not going to respond at all to that. That's why you have to follow up. It says that 80% uh, of people, 80% of sales are made after five or 12 follow-ups. But most people, 80% of sales reps, are not willing to make more than two, three follow-ups. So the reality is most direct messages are not going to be responded on the first shot because 57% of people are looking at uh, messages on their cell phone. They see it, and then they get not another notification. So before they get a chance to respond, they're gone already. And that's why it's upon you to follow up. And you can follow up with a feeding message. You first greeting, and then you start feeding them. And how do you feed people? There are five ways to feed. We teach this in our course. And the five ways to feed um, is introductions, invitations, information, personalization, appreciation. We have a whole bunch of different ways that we do this. Uh, but the bottom line is I have a meetup coming up. If you go to ajaxunion.com slash meetup, we have a high-speed networking event happening next week. Um, and I'd love to invite you. Do, are you interested in coming to meet a, a bunch of other engaged LinkedIn users? 
Now the person could say yes, no, or ignore you, right? If they say yes, great. Now you can send them something of value. If they say no, they'll be like, no, I'm not interested, but thank you for keeping me in mind. Now you added value to them. You're not this annoying person, right? You're already in the conversation. Um, if they say, if they just totally ignore you, you can send them an email or a message, or you can send them another DM say, I'm not sure. LinkedIn is pretty buggy these days. I'm not sure if you got my last few messages. Let me know if you can see this. And if they still don't respond, you can, um, you can just basically assume that they're not even looking at LinkedIn. LinkedIn also has a little thing on the bottom that tells you if they saw it or not. Uh, for most profiles, you can see their picture under the thing. So if you look on the bottom right, you can see if somebody has kind of almost like a caller ID. Uh, but if you see that they're constantly seeing your messages and they're not responding, you've got to ask yourself, is this the type of person I want to be connected to? Is this the type of person that um, should I prioritize them? Or because you have 930 connections on LinkedIn, prioritize the people that are actually responding. And that's the benefit of using a dashboard. In our course, we actually give you something called the connections dashboard. And in the connections dashboard, you recognize, strategize, and prioritize your contacts and recognize means, do I know them? Do I not know them? Strategize means, are they strategic for my business? And prioritize means, are they responsive? Are they the type of person that I should prioritize as a contact? And so you're not going to have millions of people that you're going to prioritize because Pareto, uh, was it Pareto's the 80-20 rule? Uh, but the Dunbar law is you can only have 150 uh, relationships on average at one given time in your life. So I always say, pick your 150 and focus on those. Pick your 15 to start, focus on those build a deep, meaningful relationship. And, that, and you know, you, networking and, and marketing is all about testing different things. And that's why you wanna be sending those messages. Now, Corona is a great time to ask people how they're doing, ask them if they have toilet paper. I don't know about you, Jeff, but I ran out of toilet paper. I got stuck. I went to the store, they had nothing when the whole pandemic hit. So I went, I sent 3000 people messages saying, hey, do you have any Charmin? You know, Costco's out of Charmin. People loved it. They loved they were like through the roof. They were like, yeah, should I mail, where should I mail you the Charmin? I was like, you know what? I just got one, but thanks for responding, you know? So, and just building a relationship, being authentic, being real, being your own personality. Somebody said, Joe, I can't be like you. I can't have your energy. I said, why would you want to be like me? Why don't you want to be like you? There's a famous saying by, by this uh, Anderson guy. He said, he said, be yourself because everybody else is already taken. So if you're not the high energy personality, if you're not the, the, the motor mouth, if you're not the person that, that wants to do the things that I do, don't do them. That's not you. If you get inspired by this, great, get inspired and then go find yourself. You have your strengths, you have your values, you have your why, figure yourself out. And when you figure yourself out, love whatever you find there. Because when you start loving yourself, other people will love you too. That's not mean you're not gonna have haters. Because when you're polarizing, you're going to have some haters. But for every three haters you have, you'll have 97 lovers. And I like lovers. I like people who love me, who want my energy, because I want their energy too. And together, we create more joy, more freedom, more power, and we break through. And together, this is we're, we're, we're emotional human beings. We're social human beings. And I don't know about you, but I'm more social now than I've ever been, be it virtually, because I, you know, I'm, an, I'm an elbow fister. Somebody said, somebody recently asked me, Joe, are you an elbow fister? I was like, that's not a thing. Are you an elbow bumper or are you a kisser? Like what extreme are you? Like when you're meeting with people, I said for 99% of people, I'm an elbow bumper, but for you, I'm a kisser. <laughs> they loved it. That was like the perfect answer. Anyway, hopefully that an answers your question. I hope that answered Lizzie's question. And I think it did. Uh, 
Greg Kettner, who's a very funny stand-up comedian and sales coach, says, greeting, feeding, meeting, brilliant. Just brilliant. Lee Green says, authenticity is the key. Um, what is sales amplification? I was on your website. What is sales amplification? I'm curious about that. A lot of people, they have they have sales, they have a sales component, they have a marketing component, but they don't have a way to sync up the sales and marketing component. These days, there's a lot of things that salespeople need to do that are marketing, and there's a lot of things that marketing people need to do that are qualifying leads and that are sales and warming things up. Sales amplification helps be able to combine both worlds and be able to increase sales with a higher level of direct marketing that enables salespeople to be able to do their job better using email automation, using lead magnets, landing pages, using surveys, using webinars. We actually have a webinar coming up. If you guys want access to the webinar, um, just send me a message. Connect with me on Facebook. Um, I'm facebook.com slash Joe Applebaum. Connect with me on Facebook and say, please send me the webinar. We have an expert on sales navigator that's coming up very, very soon next week. We have a whole series of webinars that we're doing, but we have one specifically on how to get a 40% response rate on in-mails on Sales Navigator, on prospecting. So if you want to hear this expert speak about this, he's phenomenal. I'm going to be interviewing him on a webinar next week. So if you want that, send me a connection on Facebook and because this is Facebook right here, so it's easy for you to connect and say, please send me the, the, the Sales Navigator um, link to sign up. But sales amplification, to answer your question, is combining the two and creating it an easier environment for the salesperson to just deal with qualified leads. You see, there's a lot of people that are really, really good at sales. The problem is they're getting terrible leads. They're getting leads that are not qualified and they're wasting their time. If you have a talented salesperson in your organization and you're selling, sending them unqualified leads to do marketing work, you're wasting this person's time. So I want to encourage you to learn a little more about sales amplification and sales enablement to help you be able to do a better job at getting more at-bats. And that's how you're going to close more deals. Yeah. One of the things that, well, I said it before, you know, uh, I walk in organizations and their biggest problem is their people are not speaking to enough prospects and you got to have enough at-bats. I don't care how good you are. If you're not speaking to enough people, you just can't possibly close enough business. Uh, you mentioned your meetup group earlier and how can people find that? I actually, uh, as you know, went to one of your uh, networking events and I thought it was terrific. Where can people uh, access that? Uh, if you go to ajaxunion.com slash meetup, I actually have a link on my LinkedIn about section to that. So if you want to find me on LinkedIn, you can go to this website, joelinkedin.com, and that website will automatically redirect you to my profile because some people have a hard time pronouncing my last name. It's actually pronounced Appfellbaum. But if you just go to joelinkedin.com, it'll forward you to my LinkedIn profile. And that makes it really easy for you to send me a connection request. Let me know that you heard me on Jeff's podcast and on the, uh, on the sales group. And, um, and in my about section, if you read it, I have a series of call to actions there, including a recent webinar replay and a few other things that you can read there. But one of the things that I include in my about section is a link to our meetup group. And so make sure that you come to our meetup group because we have over 1,100 engaged LinkedIn users that have come to our li virtual LinkedIn local events and they love to network. They love to refer business. It's completely free, and we're here to add value. You know, one of the things I liked about your group is uh, it wasn't a bunch of people trying to gain time 
uh, against each other for an hour. You kept putting people into breakout rooms. People were meeting. People were having great discussions. So I urge people to do that. And for those of you who uh, haven't caught it, Joe's last name is spelled A-P like in Peter, F like in Frank, Apfelbaum, E-L-B-A-U-M. Uh, I'll ask Joe to maybe come uh, into the Sales Pro Network later and just give your contact information. We'll certainly ask you. To yeah, I made a request to join. So if you add me, I'll, I'll be in there. Certainly will. Um, I, you, you say that LinkedIn is the biggest networking event in the world, and you ask people how they're showing up. What is the LinkedIn authority blueprint? So we, so a lot of people say, Joe, listen, I, I, have a, I have more money than I have time. Okay, so can you do me a favor? Can you help me write my strategy for LinkedIn? So if you're generating over $100,000 a year, you could probably afford to get somebody to really be able to uh, expedite the process of you getting content out of your head and organizing your whole strategy for LinkedIn. So as part of our LinkedIn Authority Blueprint, we have um, a questionnaire that we send out to you. You fill it out. It takes you about an hour to fill out the questionnaire. Then we do a virtual strategy session with you. We go through your goals, your target market, your messaging, and we do a content marketing brainstorm and pull all your stories and case studies and ideas and the questions people ask you, everything out of your head into a recorded document that gets transcribed, that gets organized, and that gets sent to a team of writers. And within two weeks, we produce a 90-day content calendar, an asset library. We export your connections, put it into a dashboard for you. We optimize your full profile so we 10x the amount of views you're getting to your profile, and then we write a bunch of templates. I wanted to say this before, most people are not using templates and scripts, and we create all those templates and scripts for you so that you know exactly what DMs to send out. Lizzie asked a great question about DMs. As part of uh, our LinkedIn Authority Blueprint, we'll write custom ones. In our course, we'll give you access to a bunch of, of, um, of templates, but in, in our LinkedIn Authority Blueprint, we actually create custom templates with your name and your company name, and we organize it with the greeting, feeding, and meeting system. It looks like Lizzie just connected with me on Facebook, and she said, um, I love the dialogue with you and Jeff. Please send me the SalesNav webinar link uh, for next week. I just included the link for her. Great. So, so it sounds like the Blueprint also makes it dummy-proof for people. They're getting the scripts that they need. I mean, I, I don't like to pr be promoting on, on these uh, webinars. But I mean, your stuff is just so great. So uh, it, it sounds like you're taking all the mystery out of it. And, and also, I, I, it's not just, uh, well, you said it, people just don't have the time. You know, I, as a solopreneur, I've got 75 things to do every single day. And, and some people just don't have the time. Some people don't have the knowledge. But when you combine the two, it's like, how about making it easy? So it, 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 is that what we're talking about here with the blueprint? Yeah. So the key is, the key <laughs> is to expedite your success on LinkedIn. So you might have more money than you have time. If that's the case, allow us to do it for you so that you basically skip that whole process and you just get it all done. It's done for you. You're done. Now you can start uh, posting, engaging, and messaging every single day or even have an admin do it for you. So if you have the budget to hire an assistant, now the assistant knows everything about your business because you had a whole virtual strategy session. You have a whole content calendar. You have all your asset. You have everything in an asset library. You don't have to think it through that much. You can just go out there and be that machine and go crush it. Got it. So uh, we're, we're eight minutes away from the end of this, and I've got 75 more questions to ask you. So I'm trying to pick out the ones that uh, I really want to make sure that we get. Here's one that, that is really on my mind. At your company, uh, you have very specific core values. 
And two of them seem very easy for me to understand, amazing communication and versatility. But um, how do you define ownership mentality? Okay, so so amazing communication is because we're in a communications company and we want to, and you know, we, we always thrive as a company with our clients and with ourselves in order to have amazing communication. And versatility is because everything needs is constantly changing in the market, especially with marketing, with technology. So we have to be versatile and make sure that we don't get stuck in wanting things to be the way they were in 1999 or in 2001 or in 2011 or in 2019. Get what I'm saying? We're in 2020. Things are completely different. You thought you had 2020 vision when it started, but then you realize everything is blurry now. <laughs> so ownership mentality is about taking responsibility for your own life, for your business, for your clients. I want every single employee and every single client that I get to take responsibility for their business. Sometimes a client will come to us and say, do my marketing for me and you're responsible. No, I said, everybody's responsible. We might be accountable for it but everybody's responsible. That means you're responsible for your own success, just like we're responsible for your success. So I know this is a cliche, your success is my success and all that, but at the end of the day, we want everyone to take ownership over the entire project and make sure that the success is a cohesive success. We really, really, really care about your success, but we want you to care that much about your success too. We want you to care and know that this is a true partnership where you're not just dealing with employees. My employees are not employees. My employees tell me what to do. They tell me where to be as much as I tell them what to do and where to be. When I, when I order my employees, they tell me that's a dumb idea and here's why. And then we decide together. Of course, at the end of the day, I have veto rights because I'm the CEO of the company, but I'm not gonna impose my veto rights unless they're putting the company at risk or their life at risk. And so, so at the end of the day, I allow them to drive and they feel safe. They feel safe in that environment so they're able to share. And, and you know, when you're dealing with salespeople, when you're dealing with prospects, you want to make sure that there's trust and that it's a safe environment. And when they know that you really care about their best interests, they're going to share all their objections up front. Most people save trying to get their objections to the very, very end after the proposal. By that time, they're not telling you any objections. Like Jeff teaches, you want to make sure that you build that trust and you ask those questions at the beginning and you really go in as an advisor and that's what we love to do because we want to own your business. We want to make sure that you're successful. We're not going to do the work for you, but we're going to make sure that we treat it like it's ours. Yeah, just because you're the boss, it doesn't make you right. And, and having, you know, there's that thing about you got to surround your people with yourself with people who are smarter than you and you've got to be willing to listen to them. Was it Jim Rohn that said that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with? I think it was, I think he not said, sure who said it, but, yeah, but, but it's, it's such a famous saying, true. right? Yeah, it's absolutely true. I, I don't know everything and I, I'm always listening. And the, the other thing you said that was just brilliant. I tell my coaching clients the, the, the same exact thing. I, I don't have every answer and I can't tell you exactly what to do. I'm going to work with you. We're in this together. You, you have as much responsibility as I do. Now, I always take a hundred percent responsibility in my mind because I take, everything I do incredibly seriously. I take it um, as a huge responsibility when whether it's a, a solo coaching client or a, a large organization says to me, they want to work with me. To me, it says, Jeff, I'm trusting you with the future of my company. But as serious as I take that, and as deeply as I hold that responsibility, it's not me alone. You've got to be partners. So I, I think that's brilliant stuff. I guess I only have time for one more question. So I'm going to ask you this. Um, what do you see as the biggest challenge today for salespeople and, and what can they be doing to, to, uh, to succeed in today's market? 
Uh, the biggest challenge uh, for salespeople right now is their own personal brand. A lot of people want to hide behind the company. And if you don't develop your own personal brand, you're going to fail in today's day and age. In today's day and age, it's all about being authentic in the millennial age, in the age of the Z gen and X gen and Y gen. It's all about being real. The Me Too movement is about being real and taking off the whole facade around the bullshit that's going on. The BLM movement, all this stuff, it's about getting real and really basically uncovering the lies, the, the atrocities, the unfairness of all that stuff. And that means you also owning up to your own insecurities, getting out there and just being yourself. Stop with the BS. Vulnerability is actually power. Stop hiding and making believe that you're not scared. Stop hiding behind some company name or some fancy suit or some golf tournament or whatever it is. The truth is that going in a Bentley and showing off all your fancy watches, that stuff works for people who lack awareness. And if you want to sell to executives that have high levels of awareness, you need to show up as your true self. You need to show up as a confident, complete human being that is there to add massive value. That means you gotta work on your personal brand. You gotta discover your personal brand. I once was, when I was less confident and more unhappy and a lot fatter, I was searching to create a personal brand. And what a coach told me who changed my life dramatically, he said, Joe, you cannot create a personal brand. You have to discover the one you already have and be brave enough and have the courage to share it. And I said, but what I have now is not good enough. He's like, that's where you're wrong. You are enough. The biggest fear that people have is A, they won't be loved, or B, they're not enough. Those are the two fears. And all other fears stem from those fears. And I'm here to tell you that you are perfect the way that you are. You are a lovely human being. You are amazing with all your strengths and with all the weaknesses that you have. Because if you walk into nature, it's not perfection. Everything is all over the place. And that's what makes it beautiful. The fact that you're a little disheveled makes you beautiful. The fact that you procrastinate a little bit and you maybe come early or late to meetings or obsessive about washing your hands, that's what makes you beautiful. So stop worrying about your quirks. Stop worrying about your weaknesses. Stop worrying about your weirdness. And instead, worry about your power. Worry about your secret sauce, your mojo, and get motivated! Woo! So the first time I saw that in writing, I said, oh, Joe made a slip up here. This is a spelling error. No, no, it's not. Mojovation is brilliant. Joe, I'm so grateful that I, uh, I was introduced to you and that you came into my life. Uh, I, I love being associated with you, and I love getting motivated from you all the time. Um, you mentioned your course before, and I think you said how people can access. And again, I don't like to promote on here, but how, how do people find that course? Very simple. You go to um, you go to learnbusinessnetworking.com, and you can access the course right over there. Um, it's nine modules with cheat sheets, frameworks, checklists, scripts, and dashboards. Easy to watch easy to take in. It's actually nine hours of content, but we drip it out in 15 minutes a day. You can fast forward and watch everything automatically, or you can skip ahead to pick the things that you need, whether you need to learn how to post, how to engage, how to message, how to optimize your profile, how to come up with the right strategy, how to come up with your messaging, how to identify your stories. It sounds complicated, but we make it really, really easy. Me, together with Tammy, who has a PhD in mathematical neuroscience, created the course, so it's really easy simple to understand. We have a bunch of bonuses that we throw in. We have over 12 different bonuses. 
including Sales Nav 101, how to use advanced search, how to run a company page. We have a bunch of bonuses that we throw in if you purchase the course. And if you want to also attach coaching, we also do LinkedIn coaching twice a month and we have 24-7 support and over 70 hours of coaching sessions that are pre-recorded if you attach coaching, which is an additional monthly fee. So the entire course is typically $9,000, but we're giving it all away with lifetime access for just a one-time fee of $9.97. So if you go to the, you go to the website, learnbusinessnetworking.com, it's a steal of a deal. If your clients are worth more than $1,000, you get one client in the rest of your life and it'll pay for the course. And these skills are skills that you have to have in today's day and age, especially during the coronavirus pandemic, and especially when people need to connect with other people, and especially while it's so easy to get connections on LinkedIn. It's the easiest thing in the world to get 1,000. I have 22,000 connections on LinkedIn. I generated $750,000 in new business from my LinkedIn connections last year. And this year, I'm going to do $2 million in new business directly from my connections. I'm connected to 8,000 directors of marketing, 10,000 CEOs. I know exactly who I'm connected to intentionally connecting, building relationships, introducing them to people, and then having them do business with me if appropriate. Brilliant. Before we say goodbye, Joe, I, I just have to say that uh, a couple of words you used a few moments ago were so, so perfect. Um, transparency and authenticity. Uh, I've recommended a, a fantastic book on, in these interviews a bunch of times called The Transparency Sale. And it's all about that. And I'd like to recommend people read another book. Uh, if you're a reader at all, or you like to listen to books, uh, it's brilliant. It is life-changing. It's called The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown. Mm. It will change your life, I promise. And, and Joe is right on the money when he talks about being authentic and being vulnerable. People deal with people. So Joe, before we actually say goodbye, how do people reach you? How do people get in touch with you if they're interested in working with you in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, the easiest way to reach out to me is email me, Joe at ajaxunion.com. That's J-O-E at Ajax, A-J-A-X, union, U-N-I-O-N.com. That's the easiest way to reach to me. I am at inbox zero. That means I have zero emails in my inbox. And when you email me, that's the only email that's there. <laughs> Outstanding, Joe. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for all your incredible wisdom. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you, everybody. And re always remember, sales is a game of making things happen. So get out there today and make sales happen. Boom. Bye, everyone. Love you, Jeff. Thank you. Thank Bye. You,